0: Hello Praise Chapel Paramount. Welcome to our podcast. This is Pastor Omar Lopez. This past weekend we continued our series on allegiance. We've been talking about Daniel the prophet and how at a young age he was captured by the Babylonian nation and the culture was evil. The culture was full of idolatry and yet he served God. He made a difference in his prayer. And so we talked about how he modeled a prayer life. And when he prayed, the Bible says he prayed and fasted for 21 days. And from the very beginning, the Bible says that an angel said, we heard your request from the very first day. And God was already on his way to answer. So many times when we pray, we're wondering if God's hearing us. And I'm here to tell you, God hears your prayer. Your prayer makes a difference. Good morning, all of you this morning. We're glad that uh, you came to the house of God. We appreciate your giving and your support of the ministry here today. Are you glad you're in the house of the Lord today? Well, turn to someone and say you're in the right place at the right time right now. I honestly believe that today. We're glad you're here and looking forward uh, to what the Lord is going to do this morning and looking forward to ministering the word of God. We've been on a series called Allegiance. Say Allegiance. Uh, And Allegiance is basically your commitment and your devotion uh, to a person, a place or a thing. And of course, our allegiance needs to be to God. All of us have degrees of allegiance. Again, we have our allegiance to our family, your community, your friends. You have an allegiance to uh, your husband or your wife if you're married, uh, your mom or your dad. You're all of these folks that you have, you, you have a commitment or allegiance to the company that you work at, your um, job. Uh, but our greatest allegiance is our allegiance to God. And that's what we've been talking about uh, the past few weeks with, out of the book of Daniel We've been focused on a young man by the name of Daniel who was taken captive at the age of 15 years old, but we see his tremendous allegiance to God even in a culture that is evil. I mean, we may think America and all these nations are evil. But I'm telling you, when you lived in the Babylonian nation that Daniel was raised in, it was evil. It was an evil king. They were in idolatry. Uh, they were enslaved. Daniel was a slave. And yet, he kept his allegiance to God. And what a tremendous model, an example for all of us to follow. And a pattern for, you, for, you, uh, for all of us today to follow that we can be committed to God and have allegiance to God no matter what the world is saying, no matter what people's opinions are, no matter what Facebook says or Twitter or Instagram or what the culture is saying, we don't listen to people, we listen to God. I say we are listening to God and so this morning i want to focus on a subject that i think all of us can relate to and always been a challenge it's one of the simplest things to do yet one of the most hardest things to do at the same time uh, because sometimes we don't see the power in it we don't see how it can make a difference and i'm going to talk about how daniel's prayer made a difference and how many understand that prayer does make a difference so whoever you are in this room, you may have prayed many times. You may have talked to God many times. You said, you know, I prayed a lot, but it doesn't seem like God answers my prayer. Uh, it doesn't seem like anything happens when I pray. I'd rather have somebody else pray for me, but my prayer life doesn't seem to get anywhere. It doesn't seem like my prayers even lift off the ground. They hit the ceiling. They come back down. Uh, you know, it doesn't seem like they get anywhere. And so I want to show you a couple of different things that you can learn how to pray and give you a few points here to teach you how to pray and how to pray more effectively. How many want to learn how to pray more effectively? When you look at the life of Daniel, you'll find that his prayer was effective. His prayer was powerful, but there were a few key things that made his prayer uh, make a difference. And that's what I want to talk about, how Daniel's prayer made a difference. Here's the thing I want to share with you right now. Uh, all of us this morning that pray, I learned this when I was first walking with God, when I first committed my life to the Lord. I was talking to, to one of the pastors today, and there's just three simple things that I learned to pray. You know, I always ask, well, how do you pray? What do you do first when you pray? And so I found these three things simple, and maybe you can write them down. I praise him first. I take the time Time to praise God and worship God. So praise him. And then I ask him. And when I ask God needs, I usually pray for other people's needs before I pray for my own needs. So I'm asking God for different needs that I know, different prayer requests. So I praise him, I ask him, and then I thank him. I'm thanking God in advance already. I'm saying, God, I thank you in advance. And so praise him, ask him, and thank him. And in that asking God, I'm asking God for other people's needs, I'm believing God. I'm also in that asking. I'm uh, there's a time where I'm repenting, there's a time that I'm 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 asking the Lord uh, for people's lives, I'm praying for souls. Uh, there's a moment where I'm confessing my own sin. I'm asking God to forgive me for things in my own life. Yeah, I'm not perfect. Uh, just like you, right? None of us are. And I'm asking God to change some things in my life and and help me to see things better, and then I'm asking God for my needs, and then I'm thanking God. Uh, But in that, there's several different things that I want us to focus on this morning that can really help you, because I believe the greatest way that we need to pray is uh, one of the first things we need to learn is the Word of God. How many know that? And so we need to listen to God. We need to know what is in God's Word, and you're going to find that Daniel, when he's going to pray, I'm going to show you here out of Daniel chapter 9 what really stirred his heart to pray was he started reading the word of god and so i'm going to put this point just write this down listen to god first okay and how do we listen to god well we know that god can speak to us different ways i've said this before and i'm going to say it again we are more spiritual than we are human we're not a we're not a human being having a spiritual experience We're a spiritual being having a human experience. All of us this morning, how many know this body is just a shell? You're a spirit. The Bible says God is a spirit. And so uh, that's how we communicate to God is in our spirit. You're more spiritual than you realize. There's a spiritual realm happening, and in fact... In the book of Daniel chapter 9, we're going to talk about the spiritual realm that he taps into in his prayer life, and so I want to kind of focus on that this morning, but again, I want to just talk about number one, what made his prayer so powerful is that he listened to the voice of God. He was able to hear the voice of God, and how was he able to do that? Well, the number one thing that God spoke to him was through the Word of God. God's going to speak to many of us this morning just by by reading the Bible. How many know reading the Bible, God will speak to you? In fact, I'm going to read the Bible today and you're going to see God's going to speak to you through the Word of God. And as you read the Word of God, God's going to speak to you as you read the scripture. Many times the reason why God's not speaking to us is because we have no Bible knowledge. We're not reading the Bible. We don't know any scriptures. Get into the book. Get into the Bible. Do you know, do you know, let me just tell you something about the Bible. The Bible is the inspired word of God. They're not, it's not a book just written by men. Like many people say, well, just men wrote that book. Well, here's the, here's the unique thing about the Bible. The Bible was written over 1,500 years ago by 60 different authors who walked different walks of life, different occupations in different generations, yet they all agree together. You try to find one book today, even written by contemporaries or people in the same generation, and you're getting difference of opinion. Am I right? And yet, the Bible is 66 books, okay, written by over 60 different authors, or 40 different authors, I should say, and all of them agree, and yet they never met each other, they never talked to each other. Some of them were different occupations, fishermen, doctors, kings. And yet the scripture, when you read it, they all agree together. It's very unique. It's inspired by God. And so when you begin to read the Bible, you're going to find that it's going to inspire your life. You're going to find that you could relate to the Word of God. So I want to read out of the book of Daniel, chapter 9, verse number 1. And here's Daniel. He's in a crisis. There's a crisis going on in the nation. Kind of like right now, am I right? There's kind of a crisis going on, especially with this pandemic and all that's going on, all that we've seen in the last few months uh, and the protests. And even as we're getting closer to an election, we need to pray. Hallelujah. We need to pray. Believe God. I'm not going to tell you who to vote for. I'm not going to tell you who to not to vote for. That's going to be something you need to decide. But I do believe we need to pray for our nation. Uh, because our nation is in is in crisis because it's so divided by different uh, opinions of people, different thoughts. People have different voices that people are, are you know you're hearing different voices, and so we need to pray. And so Daniel is in this place where the nation is in crisis, and this is what happens in Daniel chapter nine, verse one. It was the first year of the reign of Darius the Mede who was made king of Babylon. Now remember, Darius had assassinated the previous king, and now this Persian king uh, uh, by Cyrus, who was a Persian of Babylon, or uh, who was a Persian Babylon, which is Iraq, okay? That was Iraq there. And so I, Daniel, was studying the scriptures. He was studying the scriptures, and and he goes, I learned from the word of the Lord, as recorded by Jeremiah the prophet, that Jerusalem... Uh, must lie desolate for 70 years. So he's saying he began to read the scripture. And as he began to read the scripture, he realized from the book of Jeremiah, which was a contemporary uh, uh, prophet during that time, he realized that the scripture was saying that Jerusalem was going to be desolate for 70 years so he's saying man for 70 years uh, this is going to be the way it is I need to begin to pray and so I'm going to pray before I even get into preaching the word this morning so father we pray today that you would open our hearts uh, open our minds give us understanding this morning to the word of God and let the word of God become real in our own life let it become personal today And so I pray today that your word would be alive, it would convict, it would change, it would transform the lives of people. And God, you would anoint every word that I speak today and let the people hear the voice behind the voice in Jesus' name. And everyone said... And so as Daniel is reading the scriptures, he's realizing that for 70 years uh, that uh, Jerusalem is going to be in bondage to Babylon. Uh, and he's reading these scriptures and he's saying, here it is, right here, it's plain. God's word is saying to me that there's going to be 70 years of bondage, and yet he's looking at the condition of... Uh, of Israel that's been in, 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 in Babylon and nothing has changed. He's looking, he goes, man, we're still in the same condition and it's been 70 years just like the Bible says and yet the nation hasn't changed. The nation is still in a slump and he realizes, man, we're in a crisis. And so he begins to read the Word of God and so at that moment he realized something needs to change. Tell somebody, something needs to change. It does. Something needs to change. And so I believe this morning that the reason many times when we're praying and we're seeking God, but we don't have knowledge of God's word, we can't claim any of God's promises. Did you know that the Bible is filled with promises? One one of the things that Jesus said, I'll read you the scripture. Jesus said, if you stay connected to me, and my words remain in your heart, you may ask any request you want in prayer, and it will be given to you. Two conditions. He goes, basically, he goes, you have to stay connected to me, and my word needs to be in your heart. You want to claim the promises of God in your life? You want to have your prayer life be more effective? Number one, get connected to Jesus. Stay connected to him, and let the word of God be in your heart. And so Daniel is a man of prayer. We talked about it last week, how he prayed three times a day and they tried to uh, get him assassinated. They tried to kill him. They couldn't find anything wrong with him. Remember, I talked about this last week and, and he ended up being thrown in a lion's den because of in, his integrity. But we learned that Daniel was a man of prayer, that he prayed in the morning, he prayed in the afternoon and in the evening. How many know if you prayed that many times, it will change your life? I talked about how if you just started to pray, what a difference it would make in your life. So Daniel is seeking God, and in his time of reading the scripture, he realizes the crisis that the nation is in, and he realized, I need to pray. I need to begin to pray for this nation. I need to pray for what's going on here in in this nation right now, because the children of Israel have not changed and have not been transformed, and he realized realizes that they still are in the crisis if you read the bible you're going to find out you realize our nation is in a crisis our nation needs to come back to jesus our world needs to get back to the word of god and whether you believe this or not the foundation of the united states was on base on the word of god our founding fathers uh, were, uh, were people that were people of faith. Now, I'm not saying that we're perfect, but what I'm saying is it was founded on the Word of God. Much of, the, uh, much of our constitution is based on God's Word. In fact, it says, in the year of our Lord... The declaration says, the declaration of independence in the year of our Lord. So it's talking about God himself. So it's in uh, our, our nation is based on the word of God. And so here is Daniel. He's realizing something's going on here. And he's saying uh, something needs to change. Something needs to be transformed. And he's reading uh, the, uh, the book of Jeremiah. Now, most of us are familiar with this scripture. I'm going to read it to you out of Jeremiah uh, chapter 29. But I'm going to read the full scripture, verse 10. It says, you will be kept, God said, you will be kept in Babylon for 70 years. But then I'll keep my gracious promise to bring you back to your home again. Man, I'm claiming that promise. Then it says, for here most of us know the scripture. For I know the plan I have set that I have for you, says the Lord. I have good plans, right? Not plans for disaster, but my plans will give you hope and a future. Now, most of us know that verse. How many are familiar with that verse? We love that, man. I, I know the plans I have for you. They're gonna give you hope and they're gonna give you a future. Hallelujah. But then we forget that last part of the verse. In those days when you pray, I will listen. When the last time you prayed, when the last time you were seeking God. See, we want the hope, the future. We want all of that. But nobody wants to do the praying. Nobody wants to do the seeking of God. Nobody wants to get a hold of God. Nobody wants to listen. Can you say amen? It doesn't happen automatically. Prayer doesn't happen automatically. It happens that people are seeking God and claiming His promises. And here's the other thing. Many of God's answered prayer is in His timing. That's where, we, that's where we can't stand. We don't like being patient. We want everything now. We're an in instant people, right? Microwave, everything real quick. Fast food. You want it fast. If it takes more than 10 minutes, you're having a fit, man. <laughs> right? What do they call it? Hangry? That's what you You're hangry? Yeah. You are hangry. There's some hangry people. You right now, you say, Pastor, hurry up and finish. I, I don't need to get a bagel, man. I need to go. Man, pe- people can't even wait. The altar called over. They're, they're already in there getting their, their table. I haven't even finished praying for people and everybody's leaving. I thought you came to church to get prayed for and get a word and let the Lord minister to you. But you're hangry. You're you, you, you got to hurry up and get your bagel. Got to be the first one to get coffee, everything else. We're an instant people, and we don't realize that prayer doesn't work that way. Prayer is the timing of God. I said prayer is the timing of God. It's that moment where God is going to minister to you, and this is the timetable of God. And so when he says, I have a hope in the future, in his timing, and as you pray... And there's a lot of things that are not going to happen in your life unless you pray for them too. So many times we want God to do things, but have you even prayed about it? Book of James, what does the book of James say? Chapter 4 verse verse 2, it says, You do not have what you need because you did not ask God for it. There's a lot of things you don't have in your life because you've never prayed about it. You've never asked God for it. You go, man, I want God to move in my marriage. Have you been seeking God for your marriage? Have you really been praying? See, a lot of times we're asking people to pray about it. Why don't you pray? Well, Pastor, you're you're closer to God. You're just as close as I am. Amen. Jesus is in your heart just like he is in mine. Your prayer, you need to seek God yourself. You need to get a hold of God, not just have other people. And you need to get connected to him. The second thing I see about Daniel, I need to move quickly here, is he focused his attention on God. See, we're so distracted that we never focus our attention toward God. Daniel says this, Daniel chapter 9, that same verse, and the very next verse, after he read the scripture, it says, so I turn my faith to the Lord God seeking him. Man, I love that. He turned his faith to the Lord seeking him. How's your posture? Pastor Isaac was talking to me this morning about posture. Your posture really says about where your attention is focused. Let me, let me just say this to you guys. I, you're, you're looking at a guy here. I've been married 36 years. And I've learned something. And I'm still, I'm a slow learner. But I've, I've, I will tell you this. That when I talk to my wife, she wants me to look at her when, I'm, when she's talking. And if I'm looking down at the phone, all of a sudden she goes silent. She goes, I'm not going to say anything until you look at me. Oh, no, but I'm hearing you. No, no, I need you to look at me. Right, Your posture says where your focus is at. We're, we're saying, yeah, I'm praying. Yeah, I'm listening. But you're looking at a video on your, cam- on your phone. You're, you're looking at some statement. You're not really paying attention. Those of you that have children, I remember when I was, uh, you know, when my kids were small, you know, I could be watching TV or I could be writing something and they were talking to me. Yeah, yeah. And they go, Daddy, look at me. You ever have your kids do that? And sometimes they get your cheeks or they get your face and, look at me. Because they want you to focus your attention on, him, on them. I want you to know today when we pray, we need to look at him. We need to seek our, his face. Our posture needs to say, God, I, I'm paying attention. And God, I'm looking. I am focused on you. Giving your attention to God. Focusing on what God has to say in your prayer makes a difference. That's why Daniel said, and I begin to seek his face. He began to put his full attention on God. I'll read you another scripture. Amos chapter 5 verse 4 says, seek me. And you will live. Man, you want to live the foolish life, start seeking God. Start positioning your life. Start focusing your life, start posturing your life to say, I'm going to seek God. I'm going to look at him. I'm going to face him. I know a lot of us this morning when we pray, when we talk to God, I know sometimes we we close our eyes. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, Many times we like to bow down. There's nothing wrong with that. But there's sometimes we need to just look toward heaven. I'm looking towards you, God. I'm asking you. I think some of that's what we're doing during worship. Where we have our hands lifted. We have our head toward heaven. And we're positioning ourselves. We're seeking you God. We need you in our lives. The Bible says uh, again in Jeremiah 29.13. It says God said you will find me when you seek me. What? With all of your heart. Hebrews 11.6 says God reward those that what? Earnestly or diligently seek him. How many would want God's reward? How many want God's blessing? Start seeking him a little bit. You want God to help your marriage. You want God to help you at your job. You want God to reward you and help you. You need to seek him. Jesus said, a lot of us this morning know the scripture, uh, Luke chapter 12, verse 31, seek first the kingdom of God or seek first God's kingdom before everything else and all the other things you need will be given to you. Or another, another version said, seek first the kingdom of God and uh, his righteousness and all of these things uh, will be added onto you. So friend if we want the blessing of God you need to put God first and you need to seek him first and look to him first see we're seeking everything else first and then we're wondering why God's not answering our prayer God wants this morning to answer our prayer God but we have to seek him first Let's look at this verse in Hosea. I think it's a really great thing here that really gives us, again, how to seek God. God says to him, I will return to my place on high and go and, and wait until, until they admit their guilt and seek my face. Then in their troubles and distress, they will earnestly seek me. Let us return to the Lord that he may heal us. So in other words, God is going to take his place on high. And he's going to wait, when? Until we admit our guilt, until we confess our sin, until we say, God, we need you. And when we begin to seek him in our troubles, in our distress, God is going to come to us. Many of us this morning, we need to turn back to God for help. We're looking to everywhere else. And I think this is the great thing about Daniel's life is he was able to seek God. And here's the third point. Again, I got to move really quickly. Is that Daniel was willing to ask God and pour out his heart. Now, here's where it gets kind of people don't like this part. But do you realize that when you pour out your heart, you you get into an emotional state? A lot of people say, well, that's too emotional. Well, there's a lot of things in life that we're going to get emotional about. In fact, your emotions were created by God. Did you know that God has emotions? Did you know that? He gets angry. He gets joyful. Did you know that? You please God. uh, Basically, God is happy. He's pleased. He's joyful. He also gets angry. There's judgment. So there's emotion. God is showing us various emotions of who he is. And God made you with emotions. And so when Daniel begins to pour out his heart, the Bible says he gets into a very emotional state where he begins to plead before God over the state of the nation. Over what's going on in the nation because he's seeing how things are happening. And in Daniel chapter 9 verse 3 it says, and I began pleading with God earnestly in prayer. You know what pleading means? I'll just tell you right now. Let me read this uh, definition. Pleading means emotionally appealing for God or to God with a request. In other words, this morning, there's some emotion behind what you're asking. You're pleading. That's what the word pleading means. It's asking with an emotional request. There are times where the need is so desperate, you're going to plead before God. You're going to cry out to God. There's many times in our service, many times during the altar call at the end of service, people are here, they're crying, they're weeping. And you may be thinking, oh, why are people so emotional? Well, they're pleading before God. They are in an emotional state where they're pouring out their heart. It could even happen during worship where people are just just praying and worshiping God and God getting a hold of them. While that is scriptural where we're bearing or pouring out our heart before God. We're saying, God, we have a request. We can't do it ourselves. We need some help. And we get into a place where we're pleading before God. It's an emotional state where we're crying out to God in our prayer. And again, I believe this is scripture. And I'm not saying every prayer we need to be crying, every prayer we need to be howling or anything like that. What I'm saying to you today, and, and, and uh, what I'm saying to you, today there are moments in our prayer life where we're going to be pleading, where we're going to be crying out to God, where there is going to be some emotion. See, sometimes even people come to our church go, there's too much sensationalism there. You know, people are too emotional. Well, God made us emotional. Right? I, I, I might have shared this thing with you, but there was one guy in church that was talking to the pastor. And, and the pastor said, hey, man, I, I just noticed that during worship, you don't shout. You don't, you're not, you don't get excited. He goes, no, I, I don't get emotional like that. You know, you don't you understand. My culture, we don't do that. He goes, you don't? He goes, "Nah." We don't get excited. He goes, all right. And so, so it just so happened that this guy was a businessman. And they got tickets to the Dallas Cowboy game. They got a booth. And he invited the pastor, who was a Cowboy fan. He said, man, I got, I got these tickets. Goes, all right, that's cool. And so they watched. And all of a sudden, during the game, it was like a, at the end of the game, all of a sudden, Dallas, I know it's not the same team anymore. But at that point... Dallas, Dallas threw a pass, and the guy caught it, made a touchdown, the last second of the game, Dallas wins the game, and this businessman is shouting, and he's yelling, and, and so the pastor all of a sudden just stood quiet, and he, and everybody in the booth is high-fiving and jumping and the whole thing, and, and the guy goes, looks at the pastor, goes, what's wrong with you? He goes, I thought you don't get emotional. That you don't get excited. Because you, you're excited for Dallas, but you don't get excited for Jesus. Yeah. Don't, don't tell me you don't get excited. You're in church. I don't want to clap. I don't like to do that. But when you when your football team, when they're singing your song, you're clapping, you're shouting. If we, if we could be outside the shower or in your car, you're bumping the music in the car. You don't care. Don't give me that, that, that junk. You don't get excited. You're not emotional. You're a liar. Amen. <laughs> Jeremiah chapter 50 says this. Then Jeremiah, this is, he says, Then my people, he said, will join together in tears to seek the Lord, it says. And they will ask the way to heaven or the way to Jerusalem. And they will start back home again. So he's saying in tears. He's saying these people need to turn back to God, what, in tears. He, he's saying that uh, there needs to be an emotional state uh, where they're crying out to God, where there's this uh, heart of repentance, where their hearts are, are being poured out. Uh, and this is really what happens this morning. When we do that, we are demonstrating our seriousness toward God. And so I believe there are points in our prayer, we need to get serious. I said, we need to get serious. Sometimes our prayer, they're not serious. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be the first. I'm just going to admit. Sometimes when we pray over our food, uh, you know, we, we just say, Lord, bless it. Bless the hands that made it. Nourish our body. And there's no sincerity or seriousness. Am I right? There's a lot, you know, Lord, you know, I, I lay my down to sleep. All these different things, Lord, keep and all this different stuff. I don't even know the prayer. But <laughs> some of you may know that prayer. You know, all these little different sayings that we... I, God's not going to move like that. We, we're not even serious about it. Sometimes we don't even... We're not serious about our prayer. And the Bible says that Daniel got so serious with his prayer that in Daniel chapter 9 that he started fasting. I said he started fasting. It says that... Uh, he goes in Daniel chapter 9 verse 3, I started fasting and went without food... What? To show my sadness, and I put on rough clothes or sackcloth and sat in ashes. So in the Old Testament, to show their seriousness before God or their mourning before God... They sat in ashes, they put on rough clothes, and they fasted before God. Now we know what Jesus said when you pray, don't do that. But this was something where there was a pleading before God, there was a repentance before God, and he was not only pleading before God for himself, but he was pleading for God, uh, before God for the nation, and he went without food. There are some things that are never going to change unless you start getting a little bit more serious in your prayer life. We do believe in fasting and praying. Did you hear me? Not just fasting, but fasting and praying. And it's not like the more you hurt and more you're without God, God hears you. When you fast, you're you're getting yourself focused on God. What's happening is helping you to say, look at I'm going to give up my meal to take, instead of me eating, I'm going to take that time to pray. I'm not going to be focused on eating. Because how many know eating is a big, you know, it's a fiesta for some of us. Amen. Every meal is a fiesta for you. We, one of the pastor's wives, I, we, I won't name her, but every time we get food, she's like dancing, you know, already. Like, "Woo, the food's here. The food just got here. You know what I'm saying? Some of you, that, man, you're, you're already celebrating an hour before breakfast. Amen. An hour before lunch. You're like, you're, "Woo, we're going to eat. What about if there was no food? Are you going to pray? One of those hangry people again. Amen. But anyway. See, sometimes we, we, there's a place, uh, there are some things, even Jesus said, that aren't going to happen unless you pray and fast. Amen. The Bible tell, tells us that Jesus fasted 40 days, and I'm not saying you need to do that. But there's some power in that, and it focuses. Uh, some of us this morning, some things need to be broken in our, our lives. You need to fast and pray. Amen. I said fasting and praying will do a big thing. The next thing, I believe, the fifth thing is we need to thank God For his promises. I talked about thanksgiving. An attitude of gratitude. And so Daniel begins to thank God. Here in Daniel chapter 9. I got a rush here. Daniel chapter 9 verse 4. Then I prayed to the Lord. uh, uh, Then I prayed. And Lord you you are great and an awesome God. It says. You always fulfill your promises of constant love. To those who love you. And what? Keep your commandments. So here is Daniel taking the time to thank God. He's grateful to God for who he is. He's grateful to God for for him uh, responding to his promises and keeping his promises. Uh, Some of us this morning, uh, we need to take some time to thank God. Have an attitude of gratitude. We're so mad. God didn't answer this prayer. We didn't answer, but he saved you. You ought to thank God for that, that he loves you. That he loved you before you loved him. And some of you shouldn't even be alive. He healed you. Amen. He healed you of your brokenness. You ought to thank God. We, we're all, we're all, all we remember is what God hasn't done. Instead of what God has already done. I've told, I've told you guys. I come to the church. Man, I thank God for saving me. I thank God that I'm alive. That I get to worship God another day. That I get to walk into the house of God and worship. I thank God. I got so many things to thank God about. I'm not counting what God hasn't done. I'm thanking God for what he's already done. And so here he is. He's thanking the Lord. And then in, 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 in Daniel chapter 9, verse 9, it says, Even though we've rebelled against you, Lord, you are merciful and forgiving. And so I believe there needs to be a point. This is the last point in our prayer life is we need to be humble, not be so prideful. And we need to be able to confess our sin and our shortcoming before God. Here's the thing about it. Sometimes we say, when I fail God, God's going to judge me. No, when you fail God and you humble yourself and you confess your sin, God will bring healing. God's not about trying to judge you. God is longing for you to repent. God is wanting you to come and be honest before him and say, God, I blew it. I've done wrong. Uh, We've messed up. God, will you help me? God, I need your help. Uh, We've been rebellious. Uh, We've been going in the wrong uh, direction. Here it says again, Daniel chapter 9, verse 7 and 8. We have brought disgrace and shame on on ourselves because we've been unfaithful to you. It says, you know, it says, you know, we you know what, God, we've committed. Basically, he said, we, we've committed spiritual adultery, God. We've been gone. We've been unfaithful to you. This is true of all of us, including our kings, leaders, and parents. So he's basically confessing the sins of the nation. He's confessing his own sin. He's calling out to God. He's asking God today on the behalf of the nation, on behalf of the people and himself for God's forgiveness. Sometimes we just need to ask God, God, forgive us for our unfaithfulness. Forgive us for what we've done wrong. And and I want to just focus on this last part. As Daniel is praying he doesn't realize that there's something happening in the spiritual realm as he's praying okay i don't even know if i gave you guys the scripture but i want to read this out of uh, uh out of daniel chapter 10 i'm going to read you real quick what happens here and give you kind of a spirit band this kind of sounds like a star wars movie i'm being honest with you because as he's praying as he's talking to god in verse number uh let me just read this verse number Verse number 10, I'll read you guys. I don't think it's up on the board, but Daniel chapter 10, verse 10, it says, A hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees, he said. And it says this, he said, Daniel, you are highly esteemed. Okay, it says, uh, consider carefully the words I'm about to speak to you. Stand up, for I have now been sent to you. And when he said this to me, I stood up trembling. Okay, so an angel basically, if you read that chapter, comes and touches him, makes him stand up. Then he continued, do not be afraid. This is what the angel tells him. He says, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I've come in response to them. I said, but the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. In other words, there was a spiritual demonic force over Persia, over that Persian nation that began to fight against that angel answering the prayer. Verse 13, but the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. Then Michael, the archangel, one of the chief princes, came to help me because I was detained there with this king of Persia, this demonic force. Now I've come to explain to you What will happen to your people in the future for the visions concerned a time yet to come? So listen to me what's happening here as uh, Daniel began to pray. The Bible says from the very first day that he started praying, God was going to come and answer that prayer. And, and if you read that chapter, Daniel chapter 10, uh, uh, Gabriel, the, uh, the angel of God, the messenger of God, came to, to come and talk to Daniel and to answer that prayer. And as that angel was coming, there was this spiritual demonic force, fallen angels, that began to fight with him. There was a spiritual battle happening. Let me tell you something, we don't fight against flesh and blood, but against principality. There are spiritual battles going on when you begin to pray. There are spiritual forces in the heavenlies. That begin to move. So when you're praying, when you're seeking God, when you're praying over that, uh, that son, that daughter, that husband, all these things that are happening, you don't realize there are spiritual things that are happening uh, already to fight against that prayer, to fight against and resist what you're doing. But I'm here to tell you, you've got power with God. Uh, put on the full armor of God and, and begin to not give up on your prayer. See, delay is not denial. There are spiritual forces happening right now in our nation. Are you hear me? We can't stop praying. There are spiritual forces happening right now here in California. There, are, there is demonic activity that's happening. With all this division, all of this stuff. Again, I'm not going to get political, but I know what's behind it. I know there's spiritual demonic forces that are fighting against what God wants to do in our nation. And I'm believing that that the power of God is going to prevail and that our nation is going to get back on their knees and see God. I think even this whole thing, I'm not saying this pandemic is not real. I understand sickness. I understand the virus. But I also know there are spiritual forces behind that to stop the people of God, to discourage you to get you to give up and say, well, you know, uh, I don't need to go to church and I don't need to see God and and nothing seems to be happening, you know, and, and make us live a life of hopelessness. Friend, my hope is in God. God is still on the throne and I understand. I understand many of the battles, and it's not your job, it's not the economy, it's not, uh, you know, uh, the politics, there are demonic forces that are behind it, and unless you begin to pray, you're going to try to fight those battles uh, with flesh and blood, you're going to try to get on debates on Facebook, friend, you need to stop debating, you need to be praying, you need (laughs) instead of wasting your energy, I'm going to just tell you, I don't get involved in any debates on Facebook. I don't get involved in that. It's just a waste of time. You're not going to change anybody's mind. You're not going you know, to win anything. The Bible said Daniel was not only praying, but he was praying and fasting for 21 days. And the Bible says, finally, the angel came and said, from the very first day, your prayer was heard. It's the promise of God. When you pray, God is listening to you. God is hearing you. We've got to humble ourselves. I'm going to read this last scripture here. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. If my people, listen, God's people, all of us, who are called by my name. In other words, this is not just anyone. It's God's people. Will humble themselves, what? And pray. It says, and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then what? I will hear from heaven. I will forgive. See, God's not looking to judge. He wants to forgive. But you need to turn from your way. You need to turn toward heaven. And what he's going to do? He's going to bring healing to the land. I said he's going to bring healing to the land. And I believe that healing is not just to our nation. That healing could be in your family. That healing could be in your marriage. That healing could be in your finances. That healing could be in your body. That healing could be whatever need you have in your life. I'm claiming I'm going to humble myself before God. I'm going to turn my face toward him. Can you say amen? Amen. I'm going to turn from thy wicked way. And I'm going to ask God. And when I do that, God is going to hear. God's listening right now. Some of the things that you're dealing with right now, there are spiritual battles that you're going through. You need to keep pressing in. Don't give up. You don't realize, man, God's already heard it. The answer is on its way. It just hasn't come yet. There's battles that are happening, but man, the answer is coming. God is going to meet that need today. So people of God today, I'm telling you, prayer is effective. The greatest weapon that we have, and this is why the enemy fights is prayer. Did you know that? Prayer is your greatest weapon. And yet it's the one less used by people of God. It's so simple. All we have to do is call on God. All we have to do is turn our face toward him. All we have to do is say, God, we're listening. We're reading the word of God. We're claiming your promises, God. We're confessing our sin. God, we're not righteous. Nobody is. Nobody in this place is righteous. Uh, man, thank God for mercy and grace. Thank God for his love today. And we are called sons and daughters of God. Why? Because we're, we're in Christ Jesus. We, we've been given authority, man. You have more authority than you understand. Start praying, start taking that authority over your family, over things that are happening in your life, over hangups and stuff. Some of us this morning, the reason why you can't move into the future, because you're so hung up on the past. You know, you can't change the past, but you can change the future through prayer. Hallelujah. You, you want things to change in your family, you want things to change in your own life, start praying it through pray through it man not just the, you know we talk about go through it but we not just go through it but grow through it and the only way you're going to grow through it is you got to pray through it yes. you got to pray man we got to believe God I tell people all the time, pastor we know we're going to believe God what does that mean we're going to pray right. we're going to ask God to begin to move some things to shift some things around and the only way that's going to happen is through prayer yes. see friend if if God's not involved in this we might as well just pack up and leave if this is just a gathering where we shout and clap. And again, we're emotional. I love that. But it's not just being emotional. We, we, God's in the house. I said the presence of God's in the house. We can have the worship team come up. I was talking to a pastor just the other day. And I was telling him about a, uh, uh, a conversation that I had with uh, one of the leaders here in the church. He might share it with you, but I won't mention his name. But. We were having a conversation. He was going through some things in his life and his family. And he began to say, well, you know, why am I going to church? You know, we just go. Nothing happens. We just gather with people. We just kind of come and we gather here and then we go home. And I said, well, if you look at it that way, and if God's not in it, then I guess it just is a gathering. But what we believe is this is the spiritual gathering. And what we're doing is spiritual and we're, we're calling down the presence of God into the house. And we believe that he changes things. Friend, if God's not here, you might as well go watch a baseball game. You might as well just go with your family and just drink, and drink it up and be merry. There's no difference here. But what we believe is that God's presence is here. This is more spiritual than you see with your eyes. That God is working in the lives and the hearts of people. That when we pray that God does listen. And sometimes God doesn't answer the prayer immediately. But prayer is on its way. Or the answer is on its way. <laughs> that God is still a healer. That he's still a miracle worker. Can you say amen? Yeah. That friend no matter what. That we're pressing on. That man we know that God is going to change. It, and we're not giving up just by what we see. It's more spiritual than meets the eye. That you're married. Oh, I'm married. Nothing's going to change. Well, start praying. And sometimes you need to change instead of wanting your partner to change. You want your husband to change, you need to change first. You want your wife to change, you need to change. Because I believe God answers prayer today. So Father, all over this house right now and in this room, Lord, we pray for the presence of the Holy Spirit. We pray for the power of God in this house right now. Lord, we pray today that you will change our lives. That, God, we will turn our face back to you. That, God, we need you today. We need your presence today. We need your grace today. We need you, God, in this place, all over this room right now. And, God, we forget the power of prayer. We forget what it is to get back into your presence. God, we've been trying to function on our own. And, God, we can only go so far. We need you in this place today if you're in this room right now and you don't know the lord as your savior you need god in your life you need jesus don't leave here without him there are people right now pray right now for some people you can pray quietly but there's people in this house in this room that don't know the lord you've never given your life to jesus we're praying for you right now that you'll surrender your life to him you're looking for answers man the answer is jesus Jesus said, he's the way, the truth, and the life. Your search is over. You need God in your life today. He's the answer you're looking for. And today we're praying. People all over this room are praying for your soul. They don't even know who you are, but they're praying for that man. They're praying for that woman. They're praying that you'll come to him, that you'll realize that you need him in your life. They're praying for you. I'm praying right now that you'll respond and you'll give your life to him. So whoever you are in this room, every head bowed, every eye closed, real quick. If that's you right now, you said, Pastor, I need the Lord in my life. If you're listening to me online, lift your hand right now. Said Pastor, I need the Lord in my life. I need God in my life. Who are you? Real quick, back over there. God bless you, young lady here. Who else? Who else? Who else? Anybody else? You need the Lord in your life. You say, I need Jesus in my life. I need Jesus in my life. Maybe you were once walking with God, but you're away from God. You need to come back home. What are you waiting for? You know what you need to do. Come back to the Lord. Who are you? Raise your hand right now. Is there anybody else? Anybody else? Amen. You raise your hand. You mean that? You mean that? Would you come? Would you come? I want someone to come with this young lady here. She she lifted up. Anybody else? Anybody else? Can I have someone pray with her? God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you for coming. God bless you today. God bless you. She's going to pray for you. Lydia is, okay? Lydia, come on. That's powerful today. That's powerful today. Why don't we stand right now? You know, I'm going to open up the altar. Why don't we just just pray? Why don't we come? Just pray. Just come right now. I'm going to just come to this altar. I'm going to pray right now with you. Let's believe God together. Let's pray. Some of you want to worship. We're going to take some moment to pray. And ask God just to help us. Whatever need you have. Come on, let's go before the Lord. If you want to kneel, you want to stand, whatever you want to do. Come on, let's just call out on God right now. Holy Spirit, we need you. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's message from Praise Chapel Paramount. If you want to stay connected... Follow us online with Facebook and Instagram at PC Paramount or visit our website at praisechapelparamount.com.